Welcome back to the Amber Stitt Show. We have Scott Nelson Archer here talking about focusing on money. And we're going to focus on money and with a little more fun way to view money. And we're going to go down to the, the family level here. So we're going to talk about some financial literacy or lack thereof and just some fun tools to implement in the home. So Scott, welcome back. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So you know I have, a at this point in time, a four-year-old, and uh, I'm trying to develop different work habits within her chores. Might be making her bed or shredding paper, which scares my husband because of the, you know, (laughs) shredder-finger combination, but we've been training her. So having her realize, you know, hey, mom, you heard her maybe today say, I want to buy some Paw Patrol socks, and I have to tell her there's no money in the bank yet. You haven't done your chores. So we're, we're trying to implement some of that fun, but seeing, you know, you just can't get things for free. There's no free lunch, as they say. So going back in time for you, I love hearing you talk about your your kids. And you've had some pretty unique strategies with your wife on, I mean, this is a while ago. So (laughs) I don't know if they feel about the same way I feel about it, but you rolled out some things. And I want to do this on the show because things can be pretty serious when we talk about money the economy, but if we can have fun with our family and teach them responsibility, I mean, it's really up to us. If we haven't tried, you know, right. to help them along their way, we can't be surprised at some of the outcome when they transition out. Well, understanding the value of money is mm-hmm. really important. And, you know, if they just are giving money all the time and they're able to just waste it, then they don't maybe respect it as much as it should be respected. And you're a successful business owner and they could have whatever they want, I suppose. But you haven't made that always be a thing. But you are very gracious with the people you care about that are deserving. So I know that you are charitable sometimes in certain aspects. Absolutely. I always believe people, you know, get what you deserve. And, you know, we often think about that from a negative connotation. But I look at it from a positive connotation. You know, bust your tail and you work and you put in the hours and you go above and beyond. You know, that can be rewarded in a lot of different ways. You know, certainly, you know, verbal rewards are great. You know, Mm -hmm. add a girl, add a boy. That's all good. You know, really appreciate it. And people need that. But it's also nice as a business owner to be able to say, you know what, Um, there's been some really good things going on in here. And, you know, the reality is you're telling about your life going on and you're washing machine just went out. You know what? How about doing one that just shows up there on Saturday for you? <laughs> you know, or your stove or, you know, I'm putting in a driveway or I'm building creative. a barn, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a lot of different ways to reward that need. You know, so we always try to look at that. So It's not always monetary. I know that you've helped people too. I mean, I've heard of storms and trees and leaves and neighbors. And I know that you're usually working on the weekends in some capacity, whether it's at a desk or not. Yeah, there's a... There seems to always be a need of some nature, and my wife is—you know, God bless her. She she's got the ability to to find out what that need is and uh, make sure that we volunteer to help support. Right. That. So your <laughs> honeydew extends to the neighborhood. Yes. Sometimes. Yeah. We've uh, uh, we, we keep a couple chainsaws gassed up and ready to go at all time. You but it's not just—it's not just you. She's out there. She's out there yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes she will guilt me into it. She did this last weekend working on a project and, you know, oh, Scott, you know, you don't need to do anything. It's Sunday afternoon and, you know, <laughs> you worked all day yesterday and it's all fine, but, you know, I'm out here doing this. And I look over and I'm like, okay, I can't really sit here on my tail and, right. you know, watch some TV and do nothing while she's out there. So um, she, she's a quality time or master manipulator, however <laughs> you want to call it. <laughs> Subtle mental tricks, yeah. ninja tricks, tricks, yeah. ninja tricks. And now a word from our sponsor. Navigating the medical disability insurance industry can be complex and overwhelming, but fear not because help is here. 
Introducing MD Disability Quotes, your trusted partner in securing the right coverage for your unique needs. We understand that as a physician, protecting your medical subspecialties is of utmost importance. With over 30 years of experience working in true own occupation disability insurance contracts, our team of experts is dedicated to putting your best interests first. At MD Disability Quotes, we believe that when the unexpected happens, you deserve the exact coverage you need. That's why we go above and beyond to tailor your contracts to your specific needs with the best discounts. Say goodbye to the uncertainties and let us take some of the risks out of your life. Our team is committed to providing you with the guidance and support you need to make informed decisions. Why wait? Call or email MD Disability Quotes today to schedule a free consultation with our team of independent brokers. Going back to some takeaways for for growing families, I think there was a strategy about paying rent in a in a very yeah. interesting fashion. So, do you mind sharing that? What sure. You did? Yeah, we never believed in allowance. You know, allowance to me kind of sounds like welfare, and you know, it's out there, and I know it, and, and you know, that's what you choose to do. That's fine. But we always believed in, you know, if you work, you get paid. You go to work, you earn an hour's wage. You know, you. You know, you're in the sales business and you sell a car, you're going to get, you know, a dollar amount given to you. So what we just did is all the chores that we wanted to influence the engagement, we allocate a um, monetary value to. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you pick up your own plate, put it in the sink, you know, at four years old, it's, I don't know, worth a dime. Oh, you know? so even down to clearing the table. Clearing you the table, a, making your bed. Interesting. Putting, you know, getting your laundry into the hamper if they're not old enough to, you know, wash your own clothes. Take the dog outside and brush them, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, every little thing. And so what we usually did is we figured out how to allocate as much as two times their age in money mm -hmm. based upon different chores. And sometimes they may have need to do 15 or 20 chores to get there mm -hmm. because, you know, I mean, I'm not going to give you a dollar for putting a cup from, you know, the counter to the sink. But, you know, we always mm -hmm. made sure there was stuff to do. You know, sweep it out of the garage or go pick up a can full of pine cones out front. I don't, you know, it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. So we did that and good or bad. Mm -hmm. And they weren't necessarily always happy with it, but we charged them rent. It was rent because... We all have fixed expenses in our life, whether mm -hmm. it's the utility bill, the food bill, a mortgage, a rent, you know, whatever it is. You've got expenses that come out prior to you getting to spend your money. And so we wanted to instill that, you know, there's hardcore expenses that come out no matter who you are, where you're at in life. Mm -hmm. And so you needed to earn that hurdle rate, that dollar amount, before you could move on to how can I go spend this stuff on, you know, socks like your daughter asked this morning, right? I don't think my daughter's going to be happy that we had this conversation because it sounds like I'm a little lax and there should be something on, on the fridge. How did you keep a menu of these things so they know? It was a whiteboard okay, with uh, check marks, mm -hmm. you know, and God bless my wife kept up with it really well. I don't know that my husband can keep up with this. I yeah. can barely lock the dogs <laughs> in a kennel and not feel guilty, so... Gonna have to work on that. But again, we've talked about being different, how that's so important. So sometimes there's maybe it's good that I'm a little more rigid and he's a little bit more relaxed. It could be there's a know. complimentary <laughs> issue there, you know. <laughs> and truthfully, then we told the kids all, all along, yep, here's your rent. The reality is it's going to account for you. We're gonna do, you know. Did you tell them? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to account for you. Mm -hmm. We're gonna match it, but you know, these are gonna be for the big things. You know, you wanna do a summer abroad in college. You decide you, you know want to buy a different car. But these are things that are going to be saved and set aside and they're not 
can't touch them. That's not, gosh, I really want a new outfit that happens to be super expensive or a new stereo system or something of that nature. That's not in play. That's what your money above and beyond the rent number was. So Scott, those are great tips. And I feel like, I feel like you shared a couple more with me, but really I think the takeaway here is the menu and really almost associating that every time you do something good, there's a value to that. And that mental, it's almost like a, I, I refer to atomic habits a little bit, but as soon as you can't see those little tiny changes making a difference, they, they equate it to say flying on a plane. And if that measurement just changes slightly, you might end up in a different city, but it doesn't feel like that when you're going up in the air, that little, little change. Yeah. The slight adjustments. And mm-hmm. that's an analogy I often use, you know, if you don't go in and, you know, do periodic checks, whether it's with your family, with relationships, with business, you know, if you take off from Miami and you're heading to Seattle and you never look at the compass, mm-hmm. you never look at the readings, you you're probably up on the West Coast, mm-hmm. but it may not be where you want to be. I was just listening to a podcast on the way down to Tucson. McConaughey was on one talking about his book. He talks about how if your relationships are like accounts, some of them might go in the red and it might just have to sometimes because you're traveling, you're busy, work gets in the way, but then you have to go back and get it out of the red. Right. And it, a lot of times, a lot of the successful people will say it's usually the friends that might that might get the backseat a bit when it comes to success sure. and having a dial into family and then business too. So that makes me think of that, you know, paying attention to that. Well, you have to prioritize, right? You never want to put your family second, but sometimes from a business perspective, you know, I didn't have the ability to be at every single soccer practice or mm-hmm. every single soccer game or gymnastics meet. I tried, but there are, you know, business obligations I need to in order to be able to afford mm-hmm. to be able to pay all that soccer or gymnastics meet or whatever it is, there's living life and there's paying for life. And mm-hmm. you kind of have to have both. I think if we talk about it, I mean, mom guilt, I don't know if there's a dad guilt, but that is probably those feelings of, I wish I could, but I can't. I think a lot of people, we feel it. We don't talk about it. I think all of us go through some variation of that, but just as part of the deal, if you want to provide and have a certain lifestyle for your family. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you all get an idea of what you're looking for. And, you know, what you really want, what happens, I find most often is that people don't understand then what it takes to get there or they don't do any planning on, okay, if I want to be able to get to X, whatever that is, you know, I want to have, you know, 20 hours a week that just time with my family. Okay, well, what else are you doing in your life to be able to cut back on that in order to reallocate that time? You know, if you're trying to build wealth or you're trying to get just, you know, certain you know, buy a car or a certain house or, you know, whatever it is, you know, are you doing the planning? to meet that goal. Otherwise, it's just an idea. It's not a plan. And you and you have to back into both of those. That makes me think about when we talked in our first episode about just the consistency in the process, then we make the money. And what do you do with that money? I know we've talked about people that want to show others their wealth. I feel that a lot of times when people are super successful, they, they choose where to be economical. I think you do a good job of that, you know, and then Spend where maybe you should not, but not always and not for anyone but yourself and your family. If anything to share about maybe lessons learned of what you've seen when you look at just how the behavior of money can change people. Have you ever dealt with maybe spending something you shouldn't? Have you learned from it? Because I know you're very good with, we'll just say being resourceful and economical. You flew frontier. (laughs) Yeah, I do. But I think people should have more habits that you instill versus... It's like the rich dad, poor dad analogies, you know, but what are we doing it for? We're doing it for ultimately, maybe we're single for yourself or your family. A lot of people do it for others and spend. I have a tendency to kind of think money is like a poorly behaved child. (laughs) Okay. It will find trouble 
and it will find a way out of doing what it should be doing, which is staying disciplined, <laughs> staying focused and on task. And what I mean by that, you know, if you've worked hard and you've got excess money and you're not being disciplined with the way you allocate it mm-hmm. and the way you make it go to work for you, mm-hmm. it will find a way to be spent on new shoes, new cars, new mm-hmm. watches, new boats, all kinds of stuff that are fun, exciting and enjoyable. And I get mm-hmm. it. But if at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is, you know, save money, build assets and create a behavioral pattern of being disciplined with that, then you know, you need to take that all the way to how you handle your money because mm-hmm. it will find a way out of your pocket if you don't have, find a way to control it. Yeah. And going back to your personality type, you have to be aware of the blind spots that some of your talents can bring along for the ride so that you can manage money, looking at personality, building that consistency again. And I think that's, I almost like nothing good happens after midnight. I suppose that could be for a person or money, right? Having to go out the door. I love that analogy about money, Scott. So with the pathways, I'm always trying to find a way to bring some resilience to the obstacles that that people are going to face in life. And I feel like the way you're talking about money, the way we've embraced money differently, even in the last 10 years in my household, not that we're ignoring what's going on in the economy, but we can feel less pain when we have those behaviors that you're mentioning. You really dial it in and respect that you have the money that you've worked hard for, but then you manage it and manage it. The human behaviors that we all have, that can really help us be resilient when we hit an obstacle. And there will be obstacles. Would you agree? 100%. You'll always be facing something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oftentimes what I find anymore is that uh, for us, we don't necessarily face obstacles personally. We have mm-hmm. friends, we have family, mm-hmm. we have employees that do. And, you know, being disciplined, having it all set and structured in a manner that we do, it then gives us the opportunity to step in and help fix something, help save something, help just take some of the pain away. I think that's important. And it's part of the charitable side of things too. Yeah. You know, you always want to make sure that you know, you've got the ability to take care of yourself, but you don't have to be, you know, greedy about it. You know, you don't have to you know, make sure that everything goes to you. You know, mm-hmm. it, there's a, there's a lot of good, good feeling and spending time and the resources, you know, helping others. Just, mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of the right thing to do in my opinion. It is a perfect place to end this segment. So for the audience, hopefully you'll take, have some takeaways there to implement in the home or have some fun with, or maybe even for your partner, we all could use a little reminder here and there to manage our money better. Every one of us do. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to dive in more about money and habits and risk in our next episode. So thanks so much, Scott. Thanks for having me. Appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of The Amber Stitch Show. For more information about the podcast, books, articles, and more, please visit me at amberstitt.com. Until next week, enjoy your journey at home and at work. Thank you for listening.